0: MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. MRN, the Motor Racing Network, presents the NASCAR Busch Grand National and Winston Modified Series. Today, the Winston 500 Classic. Sponsored by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated. Don't just reach for a beer. Head for the mountains and the smooth taste of Bush beer. By Piedmont Airlines, the only airline in America that flies everywhere these cars fly. Piedmont, the official airline of NASCAR. By Pontiac, we build excitement. So get on your Pontiac and ride. By True Value Hardware Stores. For quality selection and personal attention, make True Value Hardware your store of first choice. By Unical, the winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76. By Peak Freeze and Summer Coolant. Nothing tops peak performance. Peak beats the heat. By the STP Corporation. STP products help your car run ride longer. Buy Armor Star Canned Meats, America's number one choice for the great outdoors. Buy Gatorade Thirst Quencher, Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. Buy Van Camp's Pork and Beans, plump tender beans into rich tomato sauce make Van Camp's America's favorite. Buy Ford Trucks, America's truck-built Ford Tough. And buy Underalls, pantyhose and panties all in one.
1: Well, the modified cars are pulled into the front straightaway here at Martinsville. They'll be going next this afternoon for 200 laps of competition. I love to watch these guys run. I don't know that many of the drivers. It's interesting to talk to them, but they have beautiful cars, just outstanding, uh, as you talked a moment ago, about how they're put together, the sheet metal and so much chrome and really pretty work in them. But when you get on the racetrack, they're so powerful. You sit here where we do in the middle of turns one and two and watch them punch those things off the corners and talking to those drivers, uh, different ones, they say that when you really stomp the throttle on one of these cars, you better have it aimed where you want to go or you're, you're going to really hit the wall or something.
2: You really do. They have to be pointed just where you want them. And one thing that many of our listeners who basically uh, live on the Bush Grand National and Winston Cup circuit scene, they may not know much about some of the people behind the scenes. The crew chiefs in the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour are as knowledgeable as any of the top crew chiefs in Winston Cup Racing. It's a whole different animal. You talk about tires here as the handling key and Mike Joy, I know you're down there with these crews right now getting set for the start. Those crew chiefs really are awfully knowledgeable. And one
3: of them is going to win this race today uh, just every bit as much as his driver is. And it could be Mario Fiore, who is the uh, the wizard behind Reg Ruggiero's success this year and acknowledged as the best tire man or tire specialist on this circuit. He's also the winner of this year's NASCAR Golden Wrench Award for the Modifieds. You've started on the 500 tire on all three of the critical corners. The left front on a modified is kind of a pivot wheel, and the car runs principally off the right rear and then the right front and then the left rear tire in order of importance. You're on the medium compound. Are you going to stay on that when you make the change?
4: Well, after yesterday's practice, we found we could go just as fast on the hard tire on the right rear as we could on the medium tire. So our plan is to be safe and change as early as we can to the harder compound.
3: Over the last year or two, it's become so difficult to pass in these cars that Today's race could very well be won right here on pit road.
4: I got to agree with that. I think after the first pit stop, the cars will line up, and it'll take a very exceptional car to come from the back to the front at that point. Do you have to talk a lot with your driver to get him to conserve the car and and have enough for the end here? Well, if we pit late and put a softer tire on, uh, he'll have to watch it as he passes cars not to burn it up because they have a tendency to blister, but with the harder tire... He can really more or less drive it like he wants.
3: Well, as we said, Barney, they have a choice of three different compounds here, and on the cars in the top 20, one car has the soft tires on all three corners, or all, both on the right side. That's Carl Pastryak. Some of the teams will go with the hard tires. Uh, the ones that start on the medium compounds, several of those will switch to the harder tires on the right side, and that's a story we'll keep up with throughout these 200 laps.
1: The Winston Cup guys would go nuts if they could do that, wouldn't they?
2: They really would. One of the other factors that is always talked about here at Martinsville is braking. Now, obviously, these cars are far uh, lighter in weight than are the heavier Bush Grand National and Winston Cup cars, but they are new tech technologies being talked about in braking systems. Jeff Fuller, who was on the poll, told us that as far as he knows, he's the only man in the field here this weekend using those brand new carbon fiber type of brakes, which have become more and more popular for the heavier cars, and we talked about it. Um,
5: Billy from the BSR truck over here wanted us to try these, uh, I think they're carbon fiber or carbon metallic or something, and they're they're new at this game. The Grand National cars have, have run them a few times, and I believe that we're the only modified in the field that's got them in the car, and I had the transmission pop out of speed on me one time, and with the with the brake setup that we usually run, with the pads we usually run, this car would have either glanced the wall or, or been right close to it, and uh, I went in the corner, and the, the transmission fell out of speed, and it was freewheel, and then the car just stayed right in the groove. Um, these brakes really, really work good, and like I say, I mean, it's... I don't want to go boasting too much about them, because usually when I get too pumped up on something, it goes the wrong way, so I just want to see how they feel at the end of 200 laps.
2: Now, I asked Mike McLaughlin why he chose not to use the carbon fiber brakes. Well, the cars being as light as they are, you know,
6: brakes are a big factor with us also, but the Grand Nationals seem to be a little more serious due to the, the weight factor. They have to stop all that weight. Uh, I put in the harder pads, which they use, and some of the other competitors in the modified division, and I don't like them because you got to stay on the pedal too long, so I'm going with our normal brake pad, which is a medium hard, and going to just try to conserve early with them, and, you know, so I've got brake at the end, but I'd sooner have brakes when you need them than riding them halfway down the straightaway,
2: so, you know, there's two ways of looking at the brake situation, but I'm going with what we normally run. A little difference in the thinking there between uh, the pole sitter and the man who is the series champion. We'll follow that story and all the others as our Winston 500 Classic unfolds here at Martinsville this afternoon. (laughs) Sir, are you aware you were going 40
0: miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Uh Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits.
4: Well, what if I added knives?
0: What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? You can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at Toyota.com slash racing. Toyota Let's Go Graces. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's Holdings LLC. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tire-
2: the NASCAR Winston Modified cars will be set to go racing in just about two laps. The sixth member of our broadcast crew here this afternoon, positioned to top the old press box out in turns three and four from Hampton, Virginia. Joe Moore. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon
8: everyone. Quite a bit of action we've already seen this afternoon at Martinsville. And of course, this racetrack is known as an action track. It's long drag strip-like straightaways. The tight corners at either end always make for a lot of racing excitement here at Martinsville. A quick review of the way the corners are made up here at Martinsville down on the inside curb The drivers try to get as close as they possibly can, to without actually getting up on. It does a lot of damage to the front end of the car when they do get up on that curbing. Of course, on the outside, all the way around the speedway, a concrete retaining wall. And the the, uh, construction of the turns here at Martinsville at either end of the speedway. Down on the inside, it's concrete. The lower two grooves, then on the outside, it's asphalt up top. That concrete really works on the tires, and we'll see a lot of that later in the race this afternoon.
1: They're moving back into the south end of the speedway. That's where turns one and two lie. The light goes off atop the safety car, meaning they'll cut them loose next time around. These modifieds are so much fun to watch, because as we said, it's, even though they're open-wheel cars, they race just sometimes, look like you couldn't stick a sheet of paper between the machines, but nevertheless they really get the job done as they're working up the back straightaway. Now, you'll see them give each other a pretty hard shot once in a while from the front and rear going into these corners, but when you get side-by-side, side, it gets a little precarious.
2: As we talked earlier, these cars do not, for those who have never seen them, they have no fenders. It is open-wheel competition. You get those wheels touching, and you can find yourself in a world of hurt. We'll update that as we continue. Atop the flag stand, the shaft Paul Coakley who is the starter at Riverside Park Speedway in Agawam, Massachusetts ready to send them back to green.
1: They drop the green and they take it off into turn number one. Fuller gets down to the inside of the racetrack, pulls out single file all by himself. Uenitsko hangs in in the number two position as they work up the back chute and head for three.
8: Mike Stefanik there in the third position. He tries to get down to the inside of Uenitsko. The first three kind of jump
2: away from Tom Baldwin who sits in the fourth spot and Ruggiero who sits in fifth now. Reggie Ruggiero trying to look inside of Tommy Baldwin. Can't make the move. At the same time, Stefanik tried to look in and around Mike Ewanitzko. He couldn't. Ryan Ross, though, is the man on the move. He and McLaughlin battle side-by-side side off two. Ross tried to get
8: underneath the McLaughlin car and did for a moment there. But coming off the corner, a good bite from McLaughlin. He jumps out to about a two-car length lead over Ross off turn four.
1: McLaughlin is a car that really wants to make the move along with Reggie Ruggiero. As they get back into turns one and two, they pulled out a line a couple of times up in the corner. Now tucked back in single file. Jeff Fuller takes him up to three.
8: Bowler leads by a car length now over Mike Iwanitzko, heading for turn number three. In the third spot is the Mike Stefanik car.
2: Behind him, Tom Baldwin. Then the Ruggiero car off turn four. They're single file all the way back to roughly 15th spot again. McLaughlin trying to make a look inside of Ruggiero, going into turn number one. Can't make the pass. This is just the fourth of 200 laps for the NASCAR Modifiers. They're on the back stretch. Sixth
8: position in contention once again. McLaughlin trying to move up on Reggie Ruggiero, going into turn number three. He'll try to take the high line this time off turn three and into four, but it won't work. They're back in single file.
1: Apparently these guys are going to run the early laps also just in single file, feel out the racing surface. Remember now they just ran the late model stock division here. There was quite a bit of oil and grease that probably got on the racetrack and they haven't been out there to kind of feel what the racing surface is going to be. Still single file for the lead, up in turn one.
8: Jeff Fuller shows the way. Uelitsko sitting in the third spot. Right behind him, Mike Stefanik as they hit for the start-finish line.
3: Barney, these wide tires take a little longer to hook up and uh, get some heat in them than the tires of the Bush Grand National or late model stock cars do. Also, it's about 15 degrees cooler right now than when they last practiced yesterday afternoon. So I think once the tires come to temperature, you'll see these guys get to work.
2: Top seven cars trying to pull away from the remainder of the field as we are early in the event. The lead still working towards turn one. Jeff Fuller has the advantage over Mike Uenitsko. Then you've got Stefanik and Baldwin, Reggie Ruggiero, McLaughlin, and Brian Ross all begin to pull away from Richie Gallup. Last time through turn three, Uenitsko
8: dropped down to the inside of the racetrack, almost pulled up even with the Rick Fuller car. So far, he's not been able to do that. Jeff Fuller still leads
1: the way. Fuller, brings them back into the south end of the racetrack. It's amazing how maneuverable these cars are. Itzko still hangs on to the number two position. Still riding third is Mike Stefanik. Single file there up the backstretch and head into three.
8: Tom Baldwin's at the fourth spot. Reggie Vigero sitting in fifth. And behind him, the Mike McLaughlin car and Brian Ross, all single file. they have got about a three-car length gap between them
2: and the seventh-place car Richie Gallup. Dave Resendiz is right on Gallup's rear tail as they work up the front straightaway towards turn number one. We've seen Resendiz here of late trying to qualify for Bush Grand National Series competition and Grand National North races. But right now he's back to it very much for his racing routes. the Modifieds. Eight laps are complete of the 200 here at Martinsville. Now number nine goes on the board. Everybody's still chasing Jeff Fuller. He is the pole sitter and currently the race leader. We pause 10 seconds on the Motor Racing Network for station identification.
0: This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers the ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defined 31-degree banks like this one on Turn 4 in Daytona, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.
5: in your hand, up you. your hand.
2: We are at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia for NASCAR's wildest triple header of racing, currently in the Winston 500 Classic. It's the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour. Middle of the field, Don Worley trying to go in and around George Kent, but that battle's going to go George's way. It's a battle for the 16th position. They're side by side, going into turn number three. Kent gets to the spot.
8: They're battling right behind him, though. Bruce DeLisandro battling with Worley off the corner
1: no change in the running order up front. That was the best battle on the racetrack for the moment. Satch Worley is a former winner here at Martinsville. He gets around here pretty well. It was interesting that not that many of the Southern Modified drivers made the field. About five or six and that was all that was able to get in.
2: And of course Satch really had something to prove. Not that he really has anything to prove to anyone, but he didn't make the show at Orange County Speedway and that was something that really was sticking in his craw. He didn't make it into the top 20 here in time trialing, but then when Doug Hevron's car found the wall yesterday in practice that moved Satch up into the 20th starting spot and allowed him to bypass the qualifying races here yesterday, so he has now got a bit of a mission on his hands as he begins to settle back in traffic and work his way around this racetrack. 13 laps complete. Jeff Fuller still leads Mike Uenitsko, then Mike Stefanik and Tommy Baldwin on the backstretch.
8: Single file heading return number three. Again, Uenitsko drops to the inside of the racetrack on the last time by our position anyway. Tried to get some ground on the inside of the Jeff Fuller car. Again, it doesn't work, but behind them. Here's Reggie Ruggiero now dropping to the inside of Tom Baldwin.
1: Reggie is a car that really wants to move to the front. He just can't find any running room, and as you get off in these corners. We haven't seen too many two-by-two racing coming into the turns here this afternoon. Single file, the top ten work
8: back to three. It's a
2: front eight car breakaway as they head through turn number three. All running single file now as they chase Jeff Fuller. Field comes back off the front straightaway. Trying to make the bid now is Mike Stefanik. He looked inside of Ewanitzko, but Ewanitzko took the opening groove away. And Tommy Baldwin tries to sneak inside of Stefanik, but he can't get the jump off the corner. While all that's going on, Mike McLaughlin makes a nice move around
8: the Brian Ross car back there in about the sixth position. So McLaughlin advances. Here comes Ross again on the outside. Trying to grab that spot back, but that move won't work.
1: Well, we're seeing probably what Mike Joy described a moment ago. The tire's getting a little warm. Here's a battle for the lead as they work through the corner and head up that back straightaway door-to-door just for a second as they head for turn three. Fuller
8: gets on the outside and loses one spot to Mike Uenetsko. He
2: takes over the lead, and now a challenge for the second spot as Mike Stefanik gets down on the inside of Fuller. They're battling side-by-side, all four. So Stefanik will try and grab second place. He'll do so as Mike Uenetsko leads. A great story with Uenetsko, a 19-year-old who broke, uh, he broke both of his legs in a highway accident last year he has bounced back with a couple of wins already this season and now leads here in martinsville it's a good story one that you're happy to see unfold 17 laps are complete here at martinsville mike uenitzko leads early
0: citywide to countryside whatever you drive wherever you go hercules has the value selection and industry leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you go to hercules tires.com There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules tires, ride on our strength.
2: At the Martinsville Speedway in Virginia, 26 laps are complete in the second of the three races on tap today. The late-model stock cars ran earlier. Currently, the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour with Mike Ewanitzko showing the way. And coming up later, the Busque Grand National Series of NASCAR. Junior Miller, the Winston-Salem North Carolina driver, just taking his car behind the wall. We'll get an update from that scene shortly. And we talked earlier about Kenny Schrader, the Winston Cup driver in the field. He started 21st. He's now up to 15th position. I'll tell you something. Schrader's a racer. He can drive it's got wheels on it. Kenny can drive it. Well,
1: it's amazing how many of these guys when they do get a chance to get a weekend off will go find something to race. Rader does that all the time, Fly, flies all over the country and runs uh, tracks up in the Midwest just about anywhere they want him. He'll go and run. Here at Martinsville right now, about 28 laps are complete. Only one car, as you said, has had some problems, and Junior Miller is out of the event. We'll try to get a word with him here in just a moment. As they work back into the south end of the speedway, the leaders will now begin to catch the tail end of the field and have to work some traffic. As they work out of turn number two and up the backstretch, the top seven or eight positions work single file as they catch that traffic up in front of Joe Moore.
8: Lower cars. First, the car of Carl Pastriac dropping down to the inside of the racetrack, and the leader, Mike Uenitsko, takes the high group. He gets around that car. He has the lead now as he goes around back into turn number one. Mike Stefanik has the second spot. Those two with about a two-car length lead over the third-place machine now. That's the Tom Baldwin car. In the fourth spot is Reggie
2: Ruggiero. Back in fifth is Mike McLaughlin. Sixth is Brian Ross. Seventh is the Richie Gallup car. Obviously, Pastor Yak well off the pace. He qualified 15th and now is steadily dropping back in the field. For those of you who might be new to the modified tour, again, it's worth reminding you that unlike the Winston Cup and Busch Series cars, where if the chassis is not working right, you go in there and start jacking the weight around a little bit. Reggie Ruggiero told us that when your chassis doesn't work in the mod squad, it's basically time for a tire stagger change. Yeah,
7: basically, our, our cars go through the corners with the tire stagger. You can get the right size tires for this racetrack. You can go real fast. Come down here basically with the same setup we run all year at home. So from racetrack to racetrack, the basic chassis setup doesn't change, but the tire stagger does.
2: And the big difference between the northern and southern modified is that the southern drivers usually run the 10-inch wide tires when they run at Bowman Gray Stadium and some of the other tracks around the south, but it's the 15-inch wide steamroller tires that are being used here and are used in the north. Let's go down to the pitch. Junior Miller,
9: one of the first retirees of this race here in the Winston 500 Classic, and he's one of the few southern mods that made the race. Junior, what put you out of it?
6: Uh, I think we dropped a valve. The motor just started skipping on the, back the front stretch, and I
9: just cut it off. So there's no, no skip. You just cut the engine off because uh, there's no, uh, nothing happened to the bottom of the engine. Just uh, maybe a valve or something. Uh, uh, usually when you drop a valve, it's pretty bad shape. <laughs> Junior Miller's out of the Winston 500 Classic here this afternoon. Lap speeds on the leader
1: right now. Uwinnitsko is 19.7 seconds, so he's getting around here despite the fact that they've already caught the tail end of the field and are beginning to work some of the slower traffic right now as they head up to the north end of the speedway in front of Joe Moore.
8: Once again, going around traffic. Barnum, we're looking back in the field a little bit. You called attention to Kenny Schrader a little while ago. He's really doing quite a job. He's just got around the, the car that's still fading. Of course, the pole sitter,
2: uh, Jeff Fuller, here this afternoon. Now he's working on the Kerry Malone car off turn four, and Schrader really is hooked up and seems to be running well. At the same time, while Kenny Schrader makes his move, Don Satch Worley is about to go a lap down as Mike Ewanitzko has chased him down coming off turn number four. Mike Stefanik is running in the second second spot. Tommy Baldwin is still strongly in third. Reggie Ruggiero is next in line running fourth and Mike McLaughlin fifth. Brian Ross sixth. Seventh would be Richie Gallup as the field unfolds. Jamie Tomaino would unofficially be next in line ahead of Jan Lady as we are 37 laps into the 200 laps here and still caution free. Carl Pastryak pitted on lap 35. We told you his car was somewhat off the pace. It continues to uh, circulate, but again at a reduced speed as the field closes in on him. Uh, Car number 75, Carl Pastryak. He was a man who really thought he had a chance to win here today.
1: Well, just about everybody that's in this field, we talked to a couple of drivers, you know when they bring, what, about 50 or 60 of these things down here, and only 32 of them get to start. Obviously, you've got the cream of the crop in the race. Of course, that holds true for all three divisions that race here at Martinsville this weekend. Most promoters would just like to have the leftovers for a field to put on a show. 39 laps are being shown on the scoreboard here and the 200 lapper for the modified division this afternoon as Ewanitzko continues to work his way around the speedway turning laps about 19.6 to 19.7 seconds and that's good for race traffic out there. Right behind him right now is Mike Stefanik, then Tom Baldwin and Reggie Ruggiero as they work back to turn four. Out
8: of the four car breakaway, good distance and a lot of lap traffic between them and the fifth place car of Mike McLaughlin. He's trapped there behind the Satch Morley car and McLaughlin has his hands full because behind him
2: is a fast closing Brian Ross. Brian Ross trying to make a move one way or the other but he can't look to the inside because Satch Worley is there. So they'll hold their positions further ahead. Kenny Schrader now closing in on Kerry Malone. Let's go down to the Schrader pit area.
10: We're standing with Bob Garbarino, the crew chief, on Kenny Schrader's car. Bob, Kenny seems to be running very well up to
5: 14th. Is he saying anything? No. He said we got a little bit too tight. All right, we're going to wait for this, next, this first caution, and we hope to do all our business on the first caution and go the rest of the way.
10: I notice you've been measuring tires. Are you going to change compounds or keep the same compound on? No, we're going to stay with the same compound, but I think we're going to change the stagger a little bit if we have to. That's Bob Garbarino, the crew chief on Kenny Trader's Buick.
1: 43 laps are now being shown on the scoreboard. Still a good hot race for the lead. Four cars are locked up in it as they work back to turn three.
8: Uenitsko takes the high line to get around the slower car of Wayne Edwards right behind him, Mike Stefanik. Now Stefanik gets held up a little bit, so that's an advantage for Uenitsko. He gets about a four-car length lead lead now as they head back to turn one. Marty, we're
3: about at the place that we get in some Winston Cup races when there are 10 or 12 cars running that really need a caution flag. Teams that guessed wrong on the stagger or on tire compound would love to see that caution. And as Bob Garberino said, this will be a one-pitch Stop and almost all the top teams will hope to make that stop. The instant the caution flag comes out, get in and get out and back at it.
1: We'll explore what that pit stop means to these drivers a little bit when we come back to Martinsville. We're back at the Martinsville Speedway Trouble in turn three
8: George Kent lost control of his car Coming off turn two The car wavered just a little bit He got it back into control The other traffic dropped to the inside to get by As he got into turn number three Again, it looks like something may have broke
2: loose In the front end of the car It just spun around by itself And luckily, everyone was able to get by And that begins pit stops now on lap number 49. First to Mike.
3: Well, the leader, Mike Uenitsko, stays out. Here's the champion, Mike McLaughlin. He's in. They go to the right rear on Reggie Ruggiero's car. They're going to put on two right side tires. That is the story for McLaughlin as well. Jeff Fuller trying to get into his pit. And Art Perry's crew is going to put rear tires, left and right, on his car. Jim Phillips. Brian Ross brought his car in. Also, Dave Resendez is
9: in. He's going to change the right side tires. Dave Resendez, Steve May, and the crew looking it over, putting in gasoline. And it just looks like a routine right-side stop for Dave Resendez. We're waiting on the leader, Mike Ubenetsko, in just a moment. And that crew is ready and over the wall with the jack out. And it looks like it's going to be tires, right-side tires for the Ubenetsko car and they're going to top off the tank with gasoline so it's going
3: to be right side tires for both Resendez and Umanetsko Tough break on pit road for Rick Fuller they had hoped to go gas only and found after they fueled the car that they needed a right rear tire Uh, he may have lost a lap in the process Rick Fuller who's won the last two races on this tour
2: and Mike Stefanik who is running in second spot and third battling there is pitted on the back stretch Winston Kelly Yes, it's routine right
10: side tire changes on all the cars back here. One of the first cars to get in and out was Kenny Schrader. Rich Brustalon, Bob Garbarino and the crew got Kenny Schrader in and out very quickly, which was one of the keys that the crew chiefs told us before the race. The cars that could get in on the first caution flag pit stop and get out early would have the advantage. Some of the other cars stopping back here, Mike Stefanik with right side tires along with Gary Myers, Jan Lady, Satch Worley, also Tony Hirschman, Wayne Edwards, Bruce Alessandro, and George Kent. George Kent did not stop, however. He's still up against the third turn retaining wall uh, up, up on the track.
1: From the Martinsville Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network.
2: 52 laps are on the board here of the 200 for NASCAR's Winston Modified Tour or under the first caution flag of the afternoon. George Kent's car now being removed from the Turn 3 wall with uh, the two wreckers, one on the front end and one on the rear, helping him back towards the rear pit area. Today's broadcast of the Winston 500 Classic is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Martinsville Speedway to Motor Racing Network solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the rest written consent of nascar and the motor racing network is prohibited and now that this pit stop is uh, complete for most teams mike joy what seems to be uh, the feeling on pit road
3: well as we said the art berry team put uh, rear tires on jeff fuller's car we'll get up there in a bit right now we're with clyde McLeod, and he is the general manager for the sherwood racing team uh, for mike mclaughlin they started this race with the 500s the medium compound tire on both the both right side wheels and clyde you've gone to the 550 the hard compound tire for the right rear why Well, we planned it all along, Mike. Uh,
6: Wanted to qualify up front, and so go with the soft tires to qualify. Pit as early as you can,
3: get a harder one on, and see if she'll go to distance. It may not work out, but we're prepared to come back in if we have to. Now, that's McLaughlin's car, which seemed to be backing up just a little bit in the field as these opening laps ran. Now, Mario Fiore with Reggie Ruggiero's car started with the softest compound, or rather with 500s, all the way around. Mo, what'd you put on the car this time?
4: Uh, We went to a 550 compound, which is harder than what we started with. Uh, The car was starting to get a little loose. Right rear tire showed some tire wear, so we were uh, almost first in. We were first
3: out,
2: so we looked pretty good. So they're going a little bit conservative, hoping to go the distance with just this one stop. And you talk about pit service, Jan Lady now at the top of the leaderboard as he gets out in car number 25 ahead of the uh, remainder of the field. Wayne Anderson's car lined up behind his. We were talking with Jan Lady yesterday about his race strategy for the weekend. We went
6: with uh, kind of a normal set of qualifying tires. We didn't go real soft or anything, and we think we got to be fast all day here to win at Martinsville this weekend. So we're going to pit probably about the middle of the race and fuel up with a fresh set of tires on and
2: try to go back to the front. Well, obviously that pit stop came a bit earlier than midway through the race. It happens here on lap number 48. But Jan Lady is one of those guys we talked about earlier who's had a good bit of bad luck here at Martinsville.
6: Yes, I have. And uh, as a matter of fact, the whole season's been kind of that way. A little bit little bit of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. and Well, we just keep thinking it's going to turn around because we come to the racetrack well prepared and we've got a car that runs real well. And uh, we think that if we just keep trying, it's going to turn around. And... Hey, maybe
2: it'll be this weekend. Look at Mike McLaughlin. Well, they did look at Mike McLaughlin. He's now winning the points for the year, and he's in fifth here on the restart.
1: The green flag is out. They haul it out of turn number two and up the back straightaway and take it down to the corner. Jan Lady pulls everyone into turn number three. They're single file.
2: Wayne
8: Anderson is second, third now is a Kenny Schrader car in the four-spot Reggie Bajero. McLaughlin sitting in the fifth position,
2: all single file, making their way off turn four. McLaughlin trying to look to the outside as Wayne Edwards' machine slows on the racetrack. He'll go down the back pit lane back into turn number two. They're still chasing Jan Lady. Lady leads the way about a car length now for Wayne Anderson. They've got about a three car length
8: separation over the third place machine of Kenny Schrader. Schrader's pretty busy there. Down on the inside of him is Reggie Magero. Magero works low while McLaughlin goes
1: high. All four. McLaughlin is a car that wants to move. He made a wide move coming out of turn number four to get around Reggie Magero. Couldn't do it. Now it takes a look at him again out of turn number two as they head back to three. The leader is still Jan Lady.
8: Once again in single file going into the corner. But as they get into number three, here is McLaughlin taking a little bit higher line, trying to get some ground on the
2: outside of the Magero car. Again, the move doesn't work. Back in the single file, they go. Middle of the field, Tommy Baldwin trying to claw his way back towards the front. He tried to make an inside move on Jamie Tomano. It didn't pay off. Meanwhile, at the point, McLaughlin still in fifth, but Joey seems to be impatient. He's really
8: trying to move on the outside of the racetrack, and it seems to be working better for him up there than it is for some of the drivers. He gets a little bit loose. This time, loses a little ground, there may be a challenge for third.
1: Ewanitzko is all the way back in the middle of the pack at about 17th or 18th position. McLaughlin again looks to the outside out of turn number two. Can't get anything going. Has to tuck back in single file.
8: Looks like the guy has turned up the wick now as Ruggiero he's trying to gain some ground on Kenny Schrader looking to the inside and outside off
2: turn four. This time he goes down low and tries to pull even. As the field works their way through turns one and two, let's set the field for you. Behind Jan Lady, Wade Anderson is second, Schrader third, Ruggiero fourth, McLaughlin fifth, Stefanik runs in the sixth spot as we are 60 laps complete here of the 200 for the modifies.
4: Plain water in a radiator is a time bomb. If you're running an air conditioner, you're shortening the fuse. Hi, this is Kyle Petty, here to tell you that a car without peak coolant is a boil over just waiting to happen. Because without peak, plain water actually boils sooner. Turn on the air conditioner and your engine has to work harder so it gets even hotter quicker. Now you don't have to lose your cool because Peak protects against boil over to more than 260 degrees. Peak beats the heat. Right now
5: your body's thirsty for more than water. You know you only body that like can never have. and cuts through thirst by Gatorade Thirst Quencher. It speeds in fluids and minerals and supplies energy to working muscles. Quencher! Gatorade is thirsty for that
11: deep-down
1: body thirst. We're back at the Martinsville Speedway. George Kent brought out the first caution flag just a moment ago. He is now out of the race. Let's get a word from him with Winston Kelly.
10: George Kent, the defending champion of the Winston 500 Classic or the modified portion of that race. George, what happened?
5: Yeah, we cut down a right rear tire and got up there in a wall of that it's done enough damage up in the front and stuff that it's. Uh, we're not going to try and fix it for today.
10: George Kent out of the Winston 500 Classic this afternoon. From
1: the Martinsville Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network.
2: We are 68 laps complete here at the Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. This is a 200-lap event for the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour, and there are problems here in turn number two. Jamie Tomano among those who spins. Chris Ross also involved. It brings out the caution, and let me correct my... Yes, it is Tomano's car as we were looking here at two different machines that spun at the same time and collecting one another for the second caution flag of the day. It comes out on lap number 69 first caution came out on the 48th lap for George Kent, and remember we had talked about the pit stop situation. The team said they would make that one pit stop whenever they could as quickly as they could, yet some of these cars, Mike, obviously still hadn't gotten themselves as dialed in as they would like. Well, it's a,
3: it's a guessing a game, when, especially when you're fooling with stagger and you change only the right side tires, you're often not sure how much that left side tire would have grown. Jeff Fuller will pit this time around. They changed rear tires last time, went to the hard compound 550 on the right rear. They still have a soft, the softest compound, the 450 on the left rear, and this time they will change right side tires. Bill Potts and crew waiting for Jamie Tomato to wait, uh,
1: to work his way around the pit road. Amazing to watch the reaction time of these modified drivers when that spin occurred there between uh, Chris Ross and Jamie Tomato just a moment ago there was 12 or 15 cars right behind them and these cars must cut awfully quick and maneuver real easy because they made good maneuvers to the outside and inside very little contact made except between those two cars and the caution is out at lap 69 here for the second time this afternoon
2: Don't forget, we have two more races remaining on the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. This coming Sunday, one week from today, we'll be speaking to you from the Phoenix International Raceway in Arizona for the Checker 500. Bush Pole qualifying is scheduled for 1 o'clock Phoenix time on Friday. If you're heading to that uh, area for the Checker 500, they qualify on Friday. And, of course, the season wraps up November the 20th at the Atlanta International Raceway in Georgia, the Atlanta Journal 500. Tickets do remain for both the Checker 500 and the Atlanta Journal. 500. Both of those events also with companion races that weekend. The NASCAR Southwest Tour running the AC Delco 300 next Saturday in Phoenix. And then the ARCA cars running the Atlanta Journal 500 kilometer race the day prior to the Winston Cup season finale. So you might want to make a big weekend of it both in Phoenix and in Atlanta. Let's go to pit road. Jim Phillips. Three cars came
9: in on this pit stop, Barney. Brian Ross brought his car in for a left front tire change. Also, Wayne Anderson, your second place runner, came in for rear tires Steve Park also brought his car in for a rear tire change. That was the three cars that stopped on this pit stop, or this round of pit stops on this end.
3: Barney, uh, Jamie Tomano made his way back around to pit road, got a stop. Bill Potts crew put on rear tires for Tomano. He'll be okay, and the former Martinsville winner will be able to finish this race These cars, as you say, they cut very quickly. I've driven one. I sure wouldn't want to race one. With the power steering that uh, Jeff Bodine designed for this uh, division some ten years ago, they get in the corner and they turn very easily. They're very easy cars to drive, but they're very difficult cars to drive fast. With the wide tires and the lightweight, the G-forces, when you go into that corner, far exceed anything in any other NASCAR division of racing, and they're a real handful to hold on to.
1: It looks like it when you sit here in the turns where we do and watch them maneuver through here, and uh, usually though, when you see a spin out, it's just amazing how quick they can react inside these cars to get them in a straight line or do whatever they need to do. Pace cars behind the pit wall. We're set to go back to green as they take it back into turn number one here at the south end of the speedway. Jan Lady is still the leader as they work through the corner. Riding right in behind him now is Kenny Schrader. Oh, Kenny's doing a great job. In fact, he put a maneuver on coming out of two there like he's going to take the lead for a second.
8: Didn't quite work, though. He settles back the second spot right behind Lady. Behind him in third now is
2: Reggie Ruggiero. The fourth spot, Mike McLaughlin and the 16 car following them as they hit for turn one. Schrader again trying to take a look in side, can't make the move. Behind behind the McLaughlin, you've got Mike Stefanik, then Rick Fuller, Dave Resendi's car next in line ahead of Tom Bowles' machine. Single file on the backstretch. Back up front off turn two that time. Almost a challenge for the lead as Kenny Schrader dropped to the
8: inside and tried to gain some ground on the Jam lady car. Falls back into single file once again as they hit turn one.
1: They're working lap 75 here at Martinsville as they bring it back into the south end of the track. The lady pulls away by half a car length over Kenny Schrader and Rogerio as they work up the backstretch. Mike McLaughlin still rides in fourth spot. They're back in three.
8: Four-car breakaway now as they're trying to get away from the Mike Stefanik car. Stefanik sitting back in the fifth
2: position and behind him is the Rick Fuller car. Fuller pulls the ground here as they head to turn one. Remember Reggie Ruggiero and Brian Ross embroiled in a darn good battle for second place in the seasonal points. Reggie currently running in the third spot. Brian Ross's car further back in race traffic trying to pick his way towards the point. 76 laps are complete. The Busch Grand National Series of NASCAR coming away a bit later on this afternoon. They're all chasing Jan Lady with Kenny Schrader right behind him in second.
1: Reggie said, Reggie Ruggiero said yesterday that once they make that pit stop and make the tire change or whatever they do, any adjustments they make on the car, that it pretty well stays the same the rest of the day as he took a look inside up in turn number three trying to take away that second spot couldn't do it.
7: But if you could put like within 50 laps we have, we were on 200 lap races if you could after 50 you're pretty much going to be about the same from there for 150 laps our tires seem cuz last pretty good because the cars are light and we have no problems with brakes in these cars so if you can run fast and get to the league, you know, by, say, 100 laps, you're going to win the race.
1: Well, he's riding along in third position right now, but he's a car that really wants to move. He's made maneuvers inside, outside, just can't seem to get around the front two cars as they work out of the corner, heading back to turn three.
8: Still the battle we're watching is the one for the second spot. Kenny Schrader has the position, but Ruggiero is really trying to make some moves on him at this end of the speedway. He's been trying down low off turn four this time. Ruggiero kicks to the outside, but again, it's not
2: there. Still showing 18 of the 32 starters on the lead lap. The cars that are in the garage area so far include Junior Miller with an engine failure and George Kent, who was involved in the accident up in turn number three that brought out the first caution flag of the afternoon. Jan Lady continues to lead. Kent Schrader is second. Reggie Ruggiero is third. Mike McLaughlin running a strong fourth spot. Fifth is Mike Stefanik. Rick Fuller goes in sixth. Dave Resendi's car is seventh. Next in line will be Tom Bowles, eighth. Tommy Baldwin, ninth. Mike Iwanichko is 10th. Richie Gallup now running in the 11th spot. We'll be right back. We are 88 laps complete here at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia for the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour. Chad Lady continues to lead. Kenny Schrader is second. Reggie Ruggiero third. Then Mike McLaughlin fourth. And Mike Stefanik fifth. Showing those cars one lap down back in 19th position. Let's take you back in the running order. Rick Fuller is running 19th to lap down. Satch Worley is 20th. 21st is Siege Fidanza. 22nd, Gary Myers. 23rd, Steve Park. Don Pratt is 24th. And Bruce D'Alessandro is 25th. All of those cars are showing one lap down with 18 teams still remaining on the lead lap.
1: Let's pause 10 seconds on the Motor Racing Network for station identification. Here at Martinsville, Mike Joy made a good point just a moment ago. Now Reggie Ruggiero rides right behind second place Kenny Schrader, and Schrader doesn't run in the Modifies at all. And he made a point that Reggie really didn't know what to expect out of Kenny Schrader. Let's follow up on that a bit. Let's go down to Mike.
3: Well, that happens a lot in the Winston Cup Division, too, Barney, where the regulars there, they get against a driver that's new in the division, doesn't know what to expect, what kind of moves he has. Schrader has guest-driven cars at Indianapolis Raceway Park in Oswego this year, but Reggie, I think, is still trying to figure out where Kenny will run the car, how low he'll keep it, and how high up he'll move it, and when. Now, like the Winston Cup teams, 44 Racing employs a spotter. A Mark Lyon is up high atop the Speedway. He's able to radio down to Reggie, so they can try to figure out just what Traders' game plan is. But it seems so far they've not been able to figure it out to any
2: advantage. All the while, Jan Lady continues to lead. The advantage now just a couple of car lanes over Schrader and Reggie Ruggiero. Winston Kelly is down in the Jan Lady pit area. We're with Steve
10: Lady, the crew chief on Jan's car, and they did not sit under the first caution flag. What's your strategy now for the, for the future part of the race? Well, I can't really hear you do good down here, but we're just going to put some fresh right-side tires right on and see if we can't come back up through. The car's real comfortable right now, and he's just, just baiting himself. Real important to have brakes left at the end of this race. So Jan Lady, who has not fitted, Steve Lady planning to bring him in at the next caution period.
1: He's getting around here very well. 19.8 seconds, and that's the fact that he's still on the same tires. He started on here this afternoon with 95 laps, almost halfway complete for the modified part of the Winston Classic this afternoon. One
2: car spins. There's caution. Don Pratt spinning here in turn number two. A single car incident for the driver, driver out of Lima, New York. So we are under caution for the third time this day. It comes out on lap number 96. Again, Don Pratt spinning here in turn number two. So this is the opportunity that the lady crew was looking for for that pit stop. Although, now he'll have to work his way back. All of these restarts for the modified cars are single-file restarts. So with Jan Lady haven't make a stop, Satch Worley now coming down the back pit lane. If Lady stops here, he'll have a long way to go, a good bit of real estate to negotiate as he works his way back through race traffic. Ninety-seven laps are on the board.
1: Pratt swings his car around, takes it up the back straightaway. He'll go on to pit road, and we're seeing just about everyone else stay out there right now. We're seeing a couple of cars make a pit stop in the back stretch. Let's go up to Winston Kelly.
10: And Chan Lady comes to a stop in his Chevrolet. Steve Lady and the rest of the crew go to the right side of the car. And as Steve told us, it will be a two tire change. They're changing rear tires, not right side, but rear tires. Also in, Satch Worley in the Hayes Jewelers Pontiac. He gets two right side tires, and Don Pratt has pulled his Pontiac behind pit wall. We'll try to get a word from him in just a second.
1: We'll be back at Martinsville in a minute.
2: We are back to green flag racing on lap number 101 of 200. Kenny Schrader shows the way, but he's got company. Ruggiero
8: is right there on his tail, Try to make a move coming off turn two. He settled back into single file. We'll watch him this time through three and four. On the four, it's Ruggiero holding on right on the rear deck of Schrader.
1: He's been riding behind Schrader here even before that caution flag came out. Of course, it was a battle for second spot. Ruggiero chases him out of turn number two. Schrader takes it up the back straightaway, and we'll find out just how good he can drive one of these things now because the best in the business are working on his rear deck up in turn three.
8: Single file, Schrader leading the way,
2: Ruggiero is second third is Mike McLaughlin, fourth is Mike Stefanik, fifth now is Rick Fuller Fuller trying to work his way back through race traffic, so to actually both Fuller's trying to work their way through race traffic. Tommy Baldwin is there, then Mike Uenitsko next in line, but everybody watching the battle for the lead. Once again, Ruggiero tries to go to the outside, coming off turn two, has to fall back into single file, and Schrader's got a pretty
8: good line coming off the corner, holds him off again here off turn four.
1: Schrader's doing a lot of driving in that rear view mirror as he looks coming out of the corner. You can see when Ruggiero starts to put a move on him that he can block him off. He's been working well at both ends of the speedway, being able to do that taking a look down to the inside up in turn number three again and Reggie won't be able to do anything there.
8: Reggie really testing the waters here on Schrader to see
2: which way he can possibly try to make the move And again he's going to have a lot of work going on for him to finally make his move around Schrader. Kenny Schrader trying to outdive Reggie Ruggiero through turns one and two. He's making that move pay off and they'll all swing to the outside of the backstretch. He'll try to go down to the inside now as he hit for turn number
8: three but Schrader gets into the corner a little bit quicker, closes the gap there on the inside of the racetrack, holds him off
0: again
1: in the front straightaway at the start-finish line. Again, Ruggiero takes a look at him, can't do anything there. i tell you what, Kenny's doing a great job of, of doing kind of the blocking maneuvers and whatever in an open wheel car with no more experience than he has in it. He's doing a terrific job. Going after the lead again, Reggie makes a shot at him in three.
8: Just before they get into the corner, Ruggiero will pull down to the low side of the racetrack each time almost pull up alongside Schrader, but once they get into the corner, Schrader seems to have the
2: handling superiority and closes off that inside line so it doesn't allow him to get by. There's trouble in turn one. We have three cars jamie tomano is one the other being randy hedger those two cars plus the tony hirschman machine get together coming down the front straightaway two of them managed to limp away hedger and hirschman and now tomano spinning the tires on his car finally writes the automobile and he'll head towards the pit lane as well we are under caution here on lap number 108 we were about to tell you that don pratt and jay hedgecock had retired their automobiles now three more teams going to work on the back pit area winston kelly
10: Tony Hirschman's crew goes to work on the right side of his car. It's mashed in at the back of the car, and he also has a flat right front tire, which they're changing. Also, Randy Hedger came down behind pit wall, and he also had a flat right front tire.
2: Again, the other car involved, Jamie Tomaino, who was involved in a caution earlier. He and Chris Ross spun back on the 69th lap here in turn number two.
1: That's the second caution this afternoon that Jamie Tomaino has been involved in. He was in one just a moment ago at lap number 69. We're at lap 107 right now. Caution coming out here again for the fourth time this afternoon. We'll be back in a minute.
4: Talk with the stars of NASCAR Racing. It's NASCAR Live with Eli Gold Tuesday night at 7 Eastern on many of these Motor Racing Network stations.
3: Let's go to Pit Road and Mike Joy. Tom Bowles has been in for tires, uh, his second stop of the day, and also Jamie Tomano, uh, who was involved in that caution, got tires got back on the speedway. I'm standing with Brett Bodine, who uh, he's in the Mike McLaughlin pit and used to drive this car uh, before leaving it for the Winston Cup division. I know you've kind of got to want to be out there today in this race running against these guys.
8: I sure do, Mike. You know, this is where I really got my start in professional NASCAR racing, and, you know, I'm here to... Root on all the guys of the 12 team, Mike McLaughlin, for winning the championship. It really makes me feel good that they went on and got them a championship. And, uh, you know, they're a great bunch of guys, and they gave me a ride when I didn't have one, and, you know, I owe a lot to them. And today I'm here to pay them some respects and
3: cheer them on. I know that um, they usually bring two cars on these swings, but if uh, Bud Moore down at Spartanburg heard you were in one of them today, he'd probably have you for breakfast.
8: Yeah, I think he'd get a little excited if he would have heard my name in the starting lineup. Uh, I really wanted to drive a car, but, uh, you know, my. Right now my priorities are in Winston Cup racing and I'm trying to put 100% effort into that and you know, maybe down the line I can do some things like Kenny Schrader's doing out here running some races but uh, right now we've got to concentrate on the Winston Cup car.
3: That's Brett Bodine.
1: We're still under caution and will be for at least another lap or so and from the Martinsville Speedway, this is MRN, the
10: Motor Racing Network.
2: There's an unscheduled pit stop for the race leader, Ken Schrader and they're going to work on the right rear of the car, Winston Kelly.
10: Yes, Rich Brustelon, Bob Garbarino, and the crew go to the right side of Kenny Schrader's Buick. It is definitely an unscheduled pit stop as they did not plan on coming in but once. As you said, they're changing the right rear tire. They're having a little bit of trouble getting the tire on. Now it's on the air inches are getting the lug nuts tightened up. So not a routine tire change for Kenny Schrader, and he's going to have a long way to go to catch up.
1: So Kenny Schrader will go back at the tail end of the field a long, long ways to go to get back to the front of the pack. But regardless how he finishes this afternoon, he's gave that car quite a ride but he's been up front for a great deal of it, and the unscheduled pit stop is going to hurt his chances to win it. Reggie Ruggiero is the leader riding along in the number two spot right now. That's Mike McLaughlin. Boy, he's had quite a year on the modified circuit, and he was all smiles the other day when all the press guys were talking to him about the chances to close out the year with a win here this afternoon.
2: He was really excited about his opportunity. He was also taking a look at a lot of options. He told us on NASCAR Live Tuesday night that if an offer was made to him, a good one, he would like to make a move to the south. Reggie Ruggiero said the same thing. Let's go back to the pitch.
3: One driver that will make that move next year is Dave Resendiz, who finished 10th up in Rockingham in his Bush Grand National car. I'm with Billy Carrazo who owns the McLaughlin car, and I've got to kid him just a little. I remember back when we started the season, and you said, well, we're not going racing this year, but we're going to run the first three and see what happens. Aren't you glad you stuck around? I sure am. What a season it's been. Did you guys, I know you guys knew you'd have a good shot to win this championship if things would hold together, but has the season been better than you'd hoped for?
5: Oh, a lot better than we really hoped for.
3: Well, congratulations
2: on quite a year. Thank you. We're going to send him to Dale Cargan. Carnegie starting Monday. <laughs> and don't forget, at the conclusion of today's Winston 500 Classic, Barney and I will be selecting the have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award. The winner gets $100 for each of the races that will be broadcast the Modified and the Busch Grand National Series, a 200 lapper for that division, yet to go here this afternoon. They're forming up for the restart up in turn three in front of Joe Moore.
8: Pontiac safety car leads them into turn three as they line up single file. Again, the Modified division does start single file. Up front is Reggie Ruggiero. Second is a Mike McLaughlin car. Then it's Mike Stefanik sitting in the third spot as they get the green flag and go back to racing. Well, the pace
1: car just barely got out of the way on that one. Finally gets behind the pit wall as Ruggiero brings him back into the south end of the racetrack. He is the leader. McLaughlin rides right behind him. Then it's Stefanik as they work out of turn number two and up the back chute. Here's a battle for second spot.
8: Stefanik drops down to the inside, tries to pull up alongside McLaughlin, but the move doesn't work. They get a little bit of a jump over the fourth place car of Rick Filler, and he's pretty busy back there.
2: Four holding off Tom Baldwin and Mike Uanitsko. Meanwhile, Brian Ross, who's running back around on 18th in line. He was battling Reggie Ruggiero for second place in the points. 21 points separated those cars and now here comes cars back down the back uh, front straightaway. Kenny Schrader who the race leader is well off the pace again so obviously problems continuing on that Bob Garbarino owned automobile. Winston Kelly will get the story from the pit lane in a moment. The battle for second place. Still a good one though into turn number one. Mike Stefanik tried to make the move on Mike McLaughlin but he couldn't pull it off. On the back straightaway once again he'll try to drop down to the inside. Stefanik will but he's not able to pull it alongside, but
8: Ruffin holds the spot. While those two battle away, Ruggiero is getting a big jump on him. He's got a five-car length lead now.
1: Kenny Schrader has pulled his car behind the inside pit wall, so apparently he may be through for the day. Ruggiero is the leader. Mike McLaughlin rides second, Stefanik is third. The front three break away a little bit. The battle's been a hot one back there for fourth place. It still is in turn three.
8: Rick Fuller is trying to hold off a two-wide battle. Tom Baldwin and Mike Iwanitzko, they're side by side working to the corner. Iwanitzko down to the low side of the racetrack. Still Rick Fuller
2: holds him up. Fuller is right ahead of them, but he is running at least a lap down at our last rundown, but he is directly ahead of both you and Baldwin. Neither man is able to make a move on the other.
8: This time looks like Fuller is going to drop to the inside of the racetrack. Tom Baldwin goes high into turn number three. He'll try to advance, and does, to the outside of the Rick Fuller car, while Uenetsko keeps it low.
1: 120 laps are being posted on the board of the 200 that make up the modified portion this afternoon of the Winston Classic. Speaking of Winston, let's check in with Winston Kelly.
10: And we've caught up with Kenny Schrader, who's pulled uh, Bob Garbarino's car out of the
5: race. Kenny, what's the problem? Well, there when we were still leading about the last four or five laps, the, uh, the thing started vibrating pretty good. And we broke a right rear brake caliper off and just we just had no brakes, you know, so uh, there's no sense staying out there. But we were just looking good. And Reggie closed up on us there when the, when the brakes started messing up. Otherwise, I don't know, we'd have had a good run. How about giving our
10: fans a little bit of a comparison, these cars to the Winston Cup cars?
5: Stuff just happens a whole lot quicker out there in these things.
10: Kenny Schrader out
1: of it this afternoon. Well, he gave that car a good run. He's got to be happy.
2: Yeah, that might have been the master of the understatement, though. Things do hurry in a, uh, happen in a hurry. Schrader joins Carl Pastor-Yak, is out of the event. Jay Hedgecock, Don Pratt, George Kent, and Junior Miller to have already retired their cars here this afternoon. 123 laps on the board, and for the first time, we're seeing an appreciable advantage for someone today. Reggie Ruggiero has some five-car lanes on McLaughlin and Stefanik. Almost a full second as they head back
8: into turn number three, but Steph- Stefanik is not letting McLaughlin get away. He is all over here. His- rear deck again as they continue their battle for second.
1: They have pulled away from the fourth place car now, Tom Baldwin, by almost two and a half seconds as they work through the south end of the speedway. And Ruggiero said yesterday that once he felt like he got out front and made that pit stop, the car would stay consistent and he could pull away from the field. That's exactly what he's doing. He's back in three.
8: Again, Ruggiero leads the way. Behind him still the battle for the second spot, but Wolfen trying to
2: hold off Stefanik and behind them a battle for the fourth spot. Side by side, Uanitsko and Tom Baldwin. Uanitsko has the inside against Tommy Baldwin. Uanitsko and the red white and yellow machine against the black and yellow of Tommy Baldwin, and Ewanitzko trying to make the inside move pay off. Yeah, the battle for the fourth spot going into the corner. Ewanitzko does move down to the inside of the racetrack, and that move does
8: pay off for him, so he picks up the position over Tom Baldwin.
1: He tucks back in single file as they work through the south end of the racetrack. We're looking, standing over here next to one of the lounges. It's amazing who shows up at races, isn't it?
2: Kyle Petty's propped up over there,
1: taking things in this afternoon.
2: Yeah, Kyle, when he has a Winston Cup weekend off, he's out here checking out the action. We saw some of the Wood Brothers here before taking uh, their families onto the Martinsville Speedway. Of course, uh, Stewart, Virginia just up the road apiece. Jay Hedgecock has returned to the race after uh, spending a number of laps in the pit and garage area. He is out there at reduced speed but still running. But Reggie Ruggiero is the race leader at this point. You know, when that season began, Mario Fiore, Reggie, all those guys had high hopes of getting the, the uh, Winston Modified Series Championship this year. It didn't pan out. McLaughlin is the champ and I asked Reggie where it got away from him.
7: Uh, the first race here, at Martinsville, or the second race, I believe it was, um, we got wrecked, and then finally the motor blew, and about three or four weeks ago at Shangri-La, we were running good at the beginning of the race, and the rear end pinion gear broke, and that knocked us out, and I
2: finished last. That really hurt us. But again, I asked Reggie the other day if his plans are still intact to move south and possibly go Bush Series or Winston Cup racing next year.
7: Yeah, I'm planning on next year. At least run all the short track races. I have the deal almost all together now to run the short track races. Um, if everything works out, I'd like to go, you know, full-time, run the whole 28-30 race schedule, but it takes a lot of money for sponsorship.
2: He was, of course, alluding to the Bush Grand National Series, Winston Cup, maybe something else down the road apiece. Let's check in on Pit Road. Steve
9: Park has parked his car out on Pit Road, and also Carl Pasturek has parked the Coors Light Pontiac. Carl, what put you out of the race?
5: I don't know, Jim. Something happened in the rear. We started bouncing the wheels. We lost the tire real early, and I just like to tell everybody at home I'm all right, but I don't know what happened. Something happened in the rear. Had a really a
9: bad blistered tire on that first round of pit stops there.
5: Oh, I know. That put us down a couple laps right off the bat, and uh, it was just unfortunate because we were hooked up pretty good, but that's how it's
3: racing. Carl Pastrak out of the race this afternoon here at Markinsville. Well, we're going to see some movement here at second and third spot. Mike Stefanik running third. He's been all over the back of Mike McLaughlin. Can't do much with him, but I think he's about used up his right rear, trying to come hard off the corner and get McLaughlin in the straightaway. You and Itzko and Baldwin have caught him, and they're about to mix it up.
1: There's four cars locked up in that battle, and we'll follow it when we come back. We'll be back in a minute.
2: 60 laps remain for the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour here at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. Motor Racing Network, live coverage of the Winston 500 Classic. I'm Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall. Joe Moore covering the actions in the turn with Mike Joy, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly on pit road. Our engineers, Harry Howard and Clay Stalker. Glad you're with us here this afternoon. Next Sunday, Phoenix International Raceway, where I trust it'll be about 50 or 60 degrees warmer next Sunday than we are right now. There's trouble in turn three. Mike McLaughlin has looped his car going in into the corner. Also, Brian
8: Ross spins around in front of oncoming traffic, and another car, Wayne Edwards, down on the inside of the racetrack. None of the three made contact. All had individual spins, and all did a great job in keeping their cars off the wall. It all started with McLaughlin came into the corner, may have cut a tire, and it is indeed. The right rear tire is down on McLaughlin's car. He looped it up to the high side of the racetrack, and again, everybody was able to get by.
1: He got into the outside wall, but it doesn't appear to have done all that much damage to the car as he's coming through the south end of, well, I take that back. It has done some damage to the car. We'll follow his pit stop here and see what they can do to repair him and keep him in this race. It puts us under caution for the fifth time, and it came out at lap 142.
2: Again, Mike McLaughlin, Brian Ross, and Wayne Edwards, the three teams involved here on lap number 143. We were going to tell you that 17 cars remained on the lead lap, and why don't we give you a quick look at where your favorite driver is running as Don Pratt just returned to the race after a number of laps behind the wall. Ruggiero was a leader at the time of the caution. You had McLaughlin and Stefanik battling for second and third spot. Tommy Baldwin, fourth. Mike Ewanichko was fifth. Unofficially now in the sixth spot was Richie Gallup. Seventh was Jerry Cranmer. Eighth belonged to Kerry Malone. Ninth spot was Jan Lady, and tenth belonged to Jeff Fuller. This was just prior to the caution flag. Eleventh spot was held by Chris Ross. Twelfth was Dave Rosendi's. Thirteenth was Tom Bowles. Fourteenth Jamie Tomano. Fifteenth position was the Brian Ross entry, ahead of sixteenth Tony Hirschman, and seventeenth Wayne Anderson. Those cars were all on the lead lap at the time of the caution. Let's go down to the pit stops.
3: Mike McLaughlin had shredded the right rear tire on the Sherry Cup machine, and Clyde McLeod and his Crew now, go over to make the change. Mike Ricci gets the left rear off, and they're changing the right rear as well. The modifieds run what's called a wide five bolt pattern. So, unlike the Winston Cutman Bush Grand National cars, you can't just sit the wheel up on the hub, give it a sixth of a turn, and push it onto the onto the studs. It's a little tougher to make the change here, and now they're getting the left rear on. The remnants of the tire, the front bumper, is pushed in back up against the frame, but it doesn't appear to be too badly damaged. He'll get back out without losing a lap. Jeff Fuller is back in for the second time under this caution as they work on the left rear of the Southern New England 8 crate. McLaughlin talked about yesterday
1: how easy it is to get in trouble here at Martinsville and that the brakes can get you in trouble.
6: Get in trouble easy. Uh, The only real factor that I'm concerned with is uh, brake. You can use up an awful lot of brake here. So you gotta kinda start the race with that in mind and then hopefully you'll have enough left at the end.
1: You know, you wouldn't think with the weight on these cars being as much less as a Winston Cup car that brakes would be that bigger factor getting in and out of the corners, but I guess they drive those cars, and they're so much harder than a Winston Cup does that they really stand on the binders in the middle of the turn. They have to to wool them down.
2: They really do. it. These cars generate an awful lot of speed going down the straightaways, and even though the entrance and exit of the turn is far different than the bigger cars, as you say, the speed is such that you really have to stand on it to get yourself slowed. We've also seen a number of differences here uh, this week and between, as you said earlier, the northern and the southern modified uh, Frank. Fleming was one of those who had tried to make the field to stand out on the Southern Modified Tour, unable to do so. He has plans, though, for next year in both Bush Grand National and, again, Southern Modified Racing. But he said it's just difficult to compete with the fellas who keep up with the technology every week and run three, four, five times uh, as many races as they do in the South.
1: We're wondering about, and Mike can probably fill us in on this because he's very familiar with the modified drivers. What does it cost for to run a whole season for these guys, say, as compared to a Winston Cup team that needs a million-dollar sponsorship to go first class?
3: Barney, you could run the circuit. I would say the top teams would probably have a total bill of about $200,000, those that have pretty substantial sponsorships some help with tires, uh, and perhaps you end up about 100000 out of pocket. These cars don't have national sponsors, not yet, although the Tour is gaining in prominence, and they're starting to gain a little bit of TV coverage. Uh, still, most of them are funded and sponsored by local companies and run out of pocket. But I would say, counting a tire bill, $200,000, $250,000 in expenses, and a good team will take in, oh, dollars dollars maybe $80,000 in racing uh, through purses and prize money in a season. There's going to be more activity here in the McLaughlin pit. The front end sheet metal uh, around the nose is bent down to where it's scraping the racetrack. They're going to have to try to pull that away. McLaughlin told uh, team manager Clyde McLeod on the radio he cut down a right rear tire, and that's what uh, prompted the spin and uh, the ensuing carnage up there in the corner. He'll have to make another visit here to pit road to get that squared away before he can go back racing.
2: Reggie Ruggiero continues to lead under caution. He is a one-time winner here at the Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. You're tuned to live coverage of the Winston, five, Winston 500 Classic, that is, on Motor Racing Network. I want to remind you again that our coverage continues next week in Phoenix, and on to the Atlanta International Raceway. We're with you just about every week on the NASCAR Winston Cup Series, and right now is the time that radio station general managers make their plans for coverage for 1989. You might want to just take a moment to write to the local station you're listening and thank them for their coverage of racing throughout the season. And to let you know exactly to which radio station you're tuned, we will pause 10 seconds on Motor Racing Network for station identification. At Martinsville Speedway in Virginia, 52 laps remain for the modified cars. The Busch Grand National Series yet to go. Let's return to the pitch. With Clyde McLeod, and Clyde, it kind of looks like what uh, Bill Welch, you would have called
3: cosmetic damage there in the front. How bad is it? Uh, I don't think it's too bad, Mike, except we don't have much of a front bumper and... uh, Our air hole's a little closed up, but I think it'll be all right. Well, they've had to fold the front spoiler back in under the car. That'll create a bit of lift, so McLaughlin will find himself a little bit of a light front end. But that front sheet metal doesn't appear to be scraping the ground anymore, so he should be okay to go the distance.
1: Well, he's got a long ways to go from the tail end of the field. We'll be back at Martinsville in just a moment.
2: Martinsville Speedway, the site of the Winston 500 Classic for NASCAR's three of NASCAR's touring divisions, the late model stock cars having already run here this afternoon. The NASCAR Winston Modified Tour underway with the Busch Grand National Series yet to go. Right now they are still circulating under caution here. The caution came out on lap 142 some nine laps ago, and after the cleanup they were trying to sort out exactly where Brian Ross went back in line, and it looks Jim Phillips as though they finally got that one worked out. Well, they don't want him
9: in front of the Mike Umanisco car. He's came from 18th place all the way back to third, and uh, what's the problem with the Mike Umanisco car and Brian Ross?
5: Well, what the problem is is that Brian Ross lost a lap to the first two cars, and he supposedly got in front of us, so now we have to race back by him, and I really don't think he's going to let us by.
9: This young fellow's nickname is Bear, and uh, he's kind of upset right now. Well, that
2: situation working itself out again we had documented earlier regardless of whether you are lapped uh, once, twice, three times, what have you, they are all single file restarts here for the modified tour, Mike Joy is down in the Reggie Ruggiero pitch, what is he saying Michael? Tom Francis is on the radio with Reg Tommy, what's he been saying? He says the car feels good, we've been trying to pace ourselves
3: and do our race in the last 50 laps we're going to leave him out there and see if we can hold these guys off Well, Mike Stepanik has been filling up the rear view mirror Ruggiero We'll see what he can do with them when they get the
1: green. That won't be too far away as they're forming up, getting ready to go, heading up to turn three to Joe Moore at lap 152.
8: Pontiac safety car heads for turn number three, about four car lengths behind the safety car as he begins to quickly get out of the way is Ruggiero, then the Stefanic car, the lap car, Brian Ross, then
2: Uenitsko sitting in the third spot. Tommy Baldwin there, too. He could be a factor, Barn.
8: He's been
1: running very well, right up in the top four or five all afternoon. Green flag is back out, and trouble as they hit turn number one. Stefanik's car puts out a big plume of smoke, looks like the right front is flat, slides it up in that higher groove, and everyone will get by.
2: He does refire the automobile. Caution is on the speedway, but Mike Stefanik had a close call coming down that front straightaway, and we are back to caution here on lap number 154. So Mike Stefanik, he tried to get the quick jump there on that restart. He and Reggie Ruggiero going towards turn number one, and all of a sudden the smoke began to billow forth from Stefanik's machine.
1: Looks like he got together with Reggie coming down into the corner, and apparently that is might what have cut the tire down. The two running very close, getting into the turn down here, but it's going to cost him all. Also, it has put us under caution for the sixth time this afternoon at lap 153. Let's go to Pitt Road and Mike Joy.
3: Barney, what it has done, it's got the Ruggiero crew jumping up and down because now he has the lap car of Brian Ross separating himself from the new second place car. That's Mike Uenitsko. Now that's important not only for the battle here in the race, but also in the points. Ross is third in the points, just 21 behind Reggie and keeping him a lap down behind the race leader. That'll help the 44's chances to hang on to second in the points and perhaps win this race. They get the one to go sign. They'll be racing next time by. Let's go to Winston Kelly.
10: And Mike Stefanik slides his Chevrolet to a stop. It is a right front tire it's flat. Sly Asman and the crew put a new right front tire on. They're having a little bit of trouble getting it adjusted. Now it's adjusted and they the lug nuts go back on. One thing that is not different from these northern and southern drivers. We're talking about the differences in Winston Cup racing, modified racing, the northern and the southern drivers is the sportsmanship. Bobby Hutchins was in a little bit ago and had trouble with the air wrench on the left front tire. Sly Sasman and the crew on Mike Stefanik's car jumped into action and helped them put that left front tire on.
2: Now Stefanik is passing us here in turns one and two, getting set to rejoin the field at the back of the pack. He is up to uh, what seems to be good racing condition as we get the green again here on lap 155. Paul Coakley with that Jackhammer style of green flag waving atop the flag stand sends him back to work, and very quickly, Reggie Ruggiero with Ross behind in the lap car, pull away. Of course, Ross is holding up Uenitsko. Uenitsko
8: trying to find some room to get by, and Ross is sitting right there in the middle of the racetrack, behind Uenitsko, the Tom Baldwin car. He, too, is really putting on the pressure here on turn four.
1: Seeing a lot of bumping right now as they work these corners both north and south end of the racetrack. Again, Brian Ross tapped Ruggiero a couple of times in this end of the racetrack trying to let him know he's there. He wants to get back on the lead lap, takes a look to the outside up in turn
2: three.
8: He pulls up alongside Ruggiero going into turn number three, but again the inside is the lane that's going to pay off. Ruggiero has the spot. Here comes Ross again, taking off turn four.
2: Brian Ross trying to make his way around the Reggie Ruggiero machine. He does do so, getting himself back on the lead lap, but now it's Mike Uenetsko who wants a piece of the lead. Reggie doesn't know which way to look.
8: Reggie holds on to his spot now. Uenetsko gets into the left rear of him. Now some smoke. The two cars get together. Ewanitzko slams into the outside retaining wall Ruggiero also involved
1: Hard crash up in turn number three As Ewanitzko really smacked that wall The car broke loose when the two got together Going into the corner He hit the wall, bounced back out about 8 or 10 feet in the racetrack Let's go back to Joe Moore
8: Ruggiero did a super job of hanging on to his car. Uanetsko had gone to the inside of him, almost pulled up alongside. The two cars touched, some smoke came up as the tires rubbed, and Ruggiero got out of the way quickly. Uanetsko lost control and slammed into the outside wall. Now, Uanetsko has climbed out of his machine now,
2: so he's okay, but pretty well upset as he throws one of his gloves over towards the car of Ruggiero. Reggie Ruggiero's machine just came past us, and as Joe Moore mentioned, he was able to do a yeoman's bit of driving there to get away from that situation, but it was a hard hit as uh, three cars were involved, the third
1: car being Tom Bowles. Tom Bowles is also involved in that. His car is sitting out in the middle of the racetrack up there as the ambulance and safety crews are there immediately. We'll follow up on that in just a moment, give everything time to sort out. We'll be back at the Martinsville Speedway in just a minute. We're back at the Martinsville Speedway. Quickly, let's check in with Joe Moore and see if the drivers are out of the cars.
8: Okay, Ewanitzko has walked away from his crash and is back in the garage area at this time. Also, the Tom Bowles car sitting up there. Bowles didn't make a whole lot of uh, hard contact anyway, but he's still sitting into his, in his car there. They may be trying to get the car fired up. Ewanitzko's car pretty well damaged. They've got it up on the wrecker now, getting ready to pull it away. And they're speedy dry up here on the top side of turn three.
1: Ewanitzko will be a sore man tomorrow because he really took a lick in that wall. From the Martinsville, let's go to Pit Road.
9: And we have Mike go Mike, what happened over there?
5: Well, uh, me and Reggie came together. I got a flat and went straight into the wall.
9: Was this close racing is all it was, yeah, right? It
5: was, yeah.
9: So he said it's just close racing over there between... Reggie with and Mike Benitzko.
3: Barney, they're going to put Reggie once more. They brought him in. They thought they had a problem with the oil cooler, and they were set to bypass it. Reggie says he's showing very little oil pressure on the gauge. They'll bring him back in, and they're looking now for leaks. Uh, the oil cooler did not appear to be damaged in the crash. It just bent back a little bit on its bracket. They'll put right-side tires on Reggie's car, and they can find no trace of oil leaks, So they'll likely just send him back out and hope it holds together.
1: On the Martinsville Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network.
2: Cleanup is continuing here at Martinsville in the seventh caution flag of the afternoon. At this point, Tom Baldwin is the race leader ahead of Richie Gallup in third position. Now is Jan Lady. Then Jerry Cranmer up out of the leaderboard in fourth spot. And fifth belongs to Kerry Malone. And while the cleanup continues, it'll give us an opportunity to take a look inside NASCAR. Have
0: a Tampa Cigars presents Inside NASCAR.
1: Everyone who's into racing has heard about the Martinsville Speedway, and for everyone who's ever attended a race here, this place is truly special. In a moment, we'll find out why as we take a look inside NASCAR.
0: Have Tampa presents another close-but-no-cigar racing highlight. Well, I was almost heading for victory lane when a car blew up like cheap champagne. The guy
11: behind me thought he could pass, but I fought the wheel and I hit the gas. I slid to the finish on a shredded car and he came close with no cigar.
0: It's not whether you win or lose, it's how you have a Tampa. So relax with a good fresh Tampa Nugget, Tampa Sweet, or have a Tampa Jewel. A highlight of the race. Uh, they call it going flat
1: out. Martinsville Speedway has been racing since the late 1940s. It's been one of the most successful tracks in the history of NASCAR. And just about everyone who has been a success in this business as a driver has competed at Martinsville. This track is something special to everyone, whether you're a fan, a member of the media, or if you've just come here to see your first race. Jeff Bodine remembers hearing about this track when he lived up north a long, long time ago.
5: And, uh, you know, it sounded like they were talking about a super speedway. I didn't, really didn't know much about Martinsville, but when we got into Modifieds up north and finally had enough money and a tow rig to, to tow down here, uh, we hauled our car down, and uh, we saw Martinsville. It was, a, it was a short track. Here We thought it was some super speedway, the way everyone talked, but it was just a short track and didn't think much about it, but when we unloaded the car and got out here and raced and we saw all the people come in and, and uh, saw all the interest and we finally started to realize just how important this little track was we got out there and ran and we found out how tough it was uh, it, it wasn't just a short track it was it was a tough race track and if you could do well if you could win here it really meant something And uh, it means it's really special to Kathy and I for a couple reasons one, we won our first Winston Cup race here but even way before that martinville is kind of the reason we move south we would come down here in the winter time or the late the spring or the early fall and up north it's still pretty cold both times of the year and we get down here to Martinsville, and and we were friends with satch Worley. and after the race uh, we didn't want to go home we'd spend a week or two with satch and enjoying the nice pretty weather and enjoying the country the people and Kathy and I would look at each other and say, "Someday, one of these days, we're going to stay down here. We're not going back north. That's how much we enjoyed it."
1: So Jeff Bodine moved south after coming to Martinsville a few times. Public relations director Dick Thompson has been here a lot of years. 23 years now,
12: Barney. Yeah, really. uh, It's a little mystique to this race. Uh, Of course, Claro's built in 1947. Uh, He's always been family oriented and he includes his family as the fans and the competitors themselves. Of course, we've been running Modifieds really since the track began. Uh, We had one of the first Grand National, now Winston Cup races. Uh, The track's been here since 1947. Uh, Clay has always looked on it as a family-type operation. His own family works in the business, and really every time he has a race, it's almost like a family homecoming. I think with the Modified drivers especially come down from... New England, they've always been treated so well here, and we've always felt like they were family. And and to them, of course, this is a very big race, as it is for late-model stocks and Grand Nationals. So really, it's uh, it's not really just a race here. It's, It's almost like a homecoming. And...
1: Dick Thompson also says that if there is truly a key to why this racetrack has been so successful, it certainly has been the energy that his boss, Clay Earls, has put into this racetrack.
12: Realistically and sincerely, Clay never takes a day off. He never takes a vacation. I I don't understand where the man gets his energy. The few times that we've taken a break, if you can call it that, have been like in Daytona we're down there visiting for a race. Went out on the beach one day, and Clay started jogging. I tried to stay with him. I finally had to sit down in the sand and just watch him disappear. The man is just, he has so much energy, and it's all he thinks about is racing, which is, is great. It works out great for everyone.
1: Now, track announcer Lewis Compton has been here a lot of years, and he, in his own right, is quite a character, but he talks about this racetrack.
12: It takes a lot of thought,
11: Barney. I started here 34 years ago with this race, in fact, and that's, I guess, about two years older than you are. Anyway, (laughs) we worked a lot of different tracks, worked Bowman, Grand Winston, Salem for 15 seasons and never missed a race. Well, a lot of the others. Daytona a couple of times, Charlotte all around. Martinsville, for one thing, is noted for its beauty. Now, if you never have been here, you can't appreciate that. If you've been to other tracks and have never been to Martinsville, you still can't appreciate it. I was talking with a race fan, someone this week, about this very thing, and I said, you can't believe how pretty our track is until April rolls around and all the pink dogwoods are in bloom. I said, we even have dogwood and azaleas planted alternately around the turns on the inside. I said, just like a picture postcard. Most of all, it's so doggone competitive. That's it. A lot of the guys say, oh, it's just two straightaways tied in with a tight corner at each end, which is what it is, I guess. I talked with the various drivers, I was talking with Jeff the other day, and he qualified, and uh, we were kidding about brakes. He said, you know, they have to put a strong spring on a brake pedal on my car to keep me from resting my big toe on it. And if I do that, I wear the brakes out. And you got to have brakes. It's competition. Now, over the years, 34 years, I've seen all the drivers here, Fireball Roberts and Joe Weatherly and all the rest of the guys just as you have Barney and uh, they all like to come here.
1: That still holds true for the drivers who compete on any type of racing they enjoy running Martinsville. All the drivers from different parts of the country had heard different things about Martinsville Speedway. Now, Motor Racing Network's General Manager, John McMullen, remembers back when up north as a race fan that he had heard about Martinsville also and tells about coming here the first time.
4: Oh, yeah. It was like coming to Daytona Beach for the Daytona 500. Um, Martinsville was the biggest modified race and probably still is today, the way the the competitors look at it. And uh, I had a fellow that I came acquainted with Bill Slater, a former modified driver, worked at Stafford and Thompson as a chief steward, and he's the fellow that convinced me to go to Martinsville, and uh, he says, you got to see this racetrack.
1: John was like everybody else. From the things he had heard about Martinsville, he he almost figured it was a super speedway, but it wasn't. It was a short track. Was he disappointed when he came here?
4: Oh, no. It was um, probably the beautiful, most cleanliest racetrack I ever saw and still is today.
1: And finally, the young man who will call the shots at the Speedway when Clay Earls decides to give up his first love, the Martinsville Speedway, and that would be his grandson, Clay Campbell. He talks about what his grandfather has built here and says that his, kind of like Dick Thompson did, that the energy level and the amount of time and effort he has put into the Speedway is one of the reasons that it has been so successful.
4: That would basically sum it up. I think all the years that the Speedway has existed, he's had the
6: competitors on his mind, the fans, as long as you keep both of those in perspective and improve both aspects of it for the fans and for the competitors, then that's what's made his play successful.
1: He's got a big set of shoes to fill when his grandfather does finally decide to retire. I just ask him point blank, can you fill those shoes?
6: That's true, Barney. Uh, I think I've had the best teacher in, in the sport and my grandfather and I'm going to be as dedicated and try to do things as well as he has over the years and like I've told people before, the place is successful, so why tamper with it? Just keep going like we always have and progress as time goes on. When we see something needs to be done, do it. Well, Martinsville has always been a special racetrack to just
1: about everyone. And as Darrell Waltrip once said, as long as there's racing, Martinsville will always be special. I'm Barney Hall for Inside NASCAR.
0: Inside NASCAR has been brought to you by Have-A-Tampa and Tampa Nugget Cigars. Listen for the Close But No Cigar Award later in this broadcast.
2: We have just gone back to green flag racing here at Martinsville. That caution period lasting a bit of a while as they continued to clean up. The race leader now into green is Tom Baldwin. Then there's a lapped car behind him. Before you get to the second place runner, that'll be Richie Gallup. Third place, though, begins to battle as Jan Lady starts to move. He's there. Jerry Cranmer is there. Kerry Malone running in the fifth spot. Further back in sixth position, you've got Chris Ross. Then Jamie Tomano, the Anderson machine. Jeff Fuller is on the lead lap. They're also showing Mike McLaughlin car on the lead lap, along with Dave Resendes and the machine of Reggie Ruggiero and Mike Stefanik. The lead cars work their way through turns three and four, and now the laps begin to wind down, Barney. Does 24 remain?
1: Well, there's not much time left to get it done if you're going to do it as they work back into the south end of the racetrack. Baldwin right now trying to use up a lot of racetrack back there on everyone else. The battle will be for second spot as they work out of turn number two and up the back stretch. Richie Gallup trying to hold off Jan Lady. They're back in three.
8: They'll go single file this time. Now, remember, they are separated from the leader by the lap car of Rick Fuller. Again, it's Baldwin showing the way as they make their way
2: off turn four. One of the drivers involved in that accident a short while ago, Tom Bowles, we understand, has been taken to the local hospital here at Martinsville. Nothing serious, just slightly shaken up, we are told. He's going to go over to the local hospital here in Martinsville for a quick checkup, but nothing, We again, we are told, of a serious nature. 178 laps on the board. Tom Baldwin, the Long Island driver, continuing to show the way, trying for a second win of his career and of the year for him here at Martinsville. We'll be right back. Well, we have the makings of a typical NASCAR finish here at Martinsville for the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour. Tommy Baldwin with 14 laps to go all of a sudden has a very good bit of competition behind him. Right behind him now is Jan Lady. Those two have pulled away from the lapped car of Rick Fuller and then the Richie Gallup car in third and Jerry Cranmer in fourth, but the front two are heading to turn three. Lady had his hands full for a while in trying to get around the Fuller car, but now that he has, he's right
8: up on the rear deck of Tommy Baldwin and starting to put some pressure on him here in turn four.
1: Put a lot of pressure on him that time out of turn number four. Took a look on the outside down the front straightaway. Decided he couldn't make the pass before he got to the corner and tucks in behind him. He's still got plenty of time left to do it. But the laps are winding down. He's still riding single file as they work back to three.
8: Lady looks like he's got the power going into the corner, a little bit deeper
2: than his Tom Baldwin takes a little higher line this time. Stays white with him once again. Eventually hit in the front straightaway. Jan Lady now with ten laps remaining. Next time by trying to make the pass on Tom Baldwin. Lady says it would be awfully nice to pick up his first win at Martinsville here today.
6: Yeah, I think it would be real nice, and uh, it's a long time coming. But we'll have to see how it goes. And. I think we're real real fast again this weekend, and maybe we can pull it off. We'll see, uh,
2: to we'll see how our strategy works out. We'll find out whether that strategy pays off. Now with ten laps remaining, nine and a half laps to go, Jan Lady is within a car length of the race leader, Tommy Baldwin. Baldwin takes him down the back straightaway. No lap traffic
8: ahead of him, at least for a while, as they hit for turn number three. They drop down to the low side of the racetrack, both taking a similar line. Back off turn four, about a car length separating the
1: two. That a pretty, pretty good battle going on back there for fifth spot also. That one's heated up a time or two between Jamie Tomano and Wayne. Anderson as they work here into the south end of the racetrack. Leader again up the back straightaway. Tom Baldwin takes it back to three.
8: Gets a little bit more room in between the two cars this time. Maybe three car lengths as they go back into turn number three. Baldwin right there at the
2: bottom of the racetrack and Lady trying to make up some ground off turn four. Further back, a good bit of battling going on. Mike McLaughlin is there. Kerry Malone trying to work his way through race traffic. But they're better than a, well, nearly a half racetrack down from the race leaders. But that battle is worth watching here for at least one lap as Malone holds off for Zendes, McLaughlin, Stefanik, and Brian Ross off turn too. Side by side as he hit the back straightaway down to the inside is a Resendez car. He's alongside Mike McLaughlin. It's a similar
8: situation to an earlier battle we saw today. Goes right in front of them, one car holding them both up. That's the Kerry
1: Malone machine. Just seven laps remaining here for the modified drivers this afternoon. Coming up very shortly, it'll be the Bush Grand National Stars as Tom Baldwin is trying to hold off everyone right now. He's got her dialed in and he'll begin to catch some of the traffic after that restart a moment ago and that could be a factor in the finish here at Martinsville. Baldwin brings it back into the south end of the racetrack. Works around one of the lapped automobiles, takes it right out against the wall, and then opens up about a seven-car length advantage.
8: Really turns up the wick as he gets around the slower car, Bruce D'Alessandro, now about five car lengths, separating him from the second-place
2: machine of Jan Lady. Third-place car, Richie Gallup, about four car lengths behind Lady. Boy, all of a sudden, Baldwin has just pulled away to a giant advantage over Jan Lady. Something has got to be amiss, you would assume, with Lady's machine as Baldwin pulls away now by 15, 18 car lengths. Lady's going to have to worry about the
8: lap car, Rick
2: Fuller, getting up there and getting back his lap from Lady, anyway, because Fuller's closing in pretty
8: closely. Also, again, keep your eyes on the Richie Gallup car. He's right there on the rear deck as well.
1: Let's pause 10 seconds on the Motor Racing Network for station identification. They're showing 197 laps complete, three laps to go. The leader is Tom Baldwin, and as Eli Gold pointed out, once he got a little clear sailing in the middle of the backstretch, he is pulled away now by better than four seconds on Jan Lady. Lady has his hands full with Richie Gallup. He's going for second position up in turn three.
8: Gallup tries to get some inside ground on Lady going into turn number three. It won't work this time. Lady hugs the inside of the racetrack.
2: Gallup is right there behind him as he exit turn four. Field comes back off the fourth corner to the stripe they go with two laps remaining. Everybody chasing Tommy Baldwin, as we told you, one here earlier this year. The battle is going to be for second place. Again, Richie Gallup has the third position, trying to close in on
8: Jan Lady, and into turn number three. He'll try to take a little bit higher line this time. Neither one works, the low side or the inside. Gallup gets a little bit loose coming off turn four, and gathers control. White flag
1: for leader Tom Baldwin. He brings it back into the south end of the racetrack. He has no danger of losing this one. All he needs to do is get back to the start-finish line. That battle for second is It's going to be a close one as it heads for turn three.
8: Into turn number three. This time Gallup really turns it up. Sneaks right up on the rear deck of Jan Lady. Follows him off the corner. Peeks to the high side, but stays in single file.
2: Well, it'll be a one-two sweep for the state of New York as Tommy Baldwin of Long Island picks up the victory over Jan Lady in second out of Williamson, New York. Richie Gallup finishes unofficially in third ahead of fourth place runner Jerry Cranmer and fifth to Jamie Tomano. He came back after a couple of involvements and cautions earlier to have a good, strong race this afternoon we'll take you to victory lane and don't leave us now the bush grand national cars of nascar with tommy houston on the pole yet to come from Martinsville. well he had never won here at martinsville when the 88 racing season began and now he's got two victories here mike joy is standing by with our race winner he's getting a big congratulation of bear hug from family and friends and crew here and tom
5: baldwin my gosh two two in a row yeah it was really great you know uh The last time, the boss didn't get to see it. She saw it this time. She scored it, I guess, the last few laps. She must have threw the board away. (laughs) A little nervous. You know, she's been scoring a lot of shows where we should have, could have, would have today. We didn't. Uh, You know, it's really for everybody. She puts up with all the grief, you know, and, uh, you know, it's really a good day for everybody who works hard. John Betts with the horsepower. The kids doing the chassis. uh, You know, Rich Oakley even getting the money so we could race. Eddie, Two sponsoring the car. You know, really a great day. Well, tell me how you won this race. I tell you the truth, you know, it was, I had a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas, and today was my shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know. Uh, We were off the pace just a little bit. We were real fast. I made one mistake. I slipped her in there, and they got under me. But, uh, you know, it was my day is how we won the race. You got room for that grandfather clock at home? I know that's something you've wanted for a long time here. Well, I thought we had it in the spring, and uh, my (laughs) wife cleaned the spot. I come home, she said, what's the deal? I said, I'll get it next time. We got room. And you did. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much.
9: Let's go down to Jim Phillips. One of the guys that really had a chance to win this race but got tangled up in an accident with Mike Unisco was Reggie McGerald. Reggie, what happened over there?
7: Um, about when well, Mike Stefanik was behind me, and he went up in the air, and I lost the cylinder in the motor, and I'd run good coming off the corner, I'd get halfway down the straightaway, and the motor would just run out of power, and death suck and Mike ran over me, and Mike Unisco did the same thing on the back stretch. Ross was outside of me going around me, and he just plane ran over me because I just slowed down going on straight straightaway. I had no, you know, the car was skipping. And then he just drove into the side of me and the fence he went. You know, we just happened to,
9: lucky just enough to finish the race. What did it do to the car when he hit you?
7: Oh, it didn't do nothing but a little body damage. It bent the oil cooler around and it shorted out the oil light. And I see the oil light was on. So I came in, I thought it was leaking but they just pulled it back and then the light went back off and everything was fine.
9: That's Reggie Jarrell. He finished second in the national points this year. Let's check with
2: Winston Kelly.
10: I've caught up with Jan Lady who came home to a strong second place run. Jan, a good run, but
6: your car just seemed to give up there toward the end. Right, about, well, we came away from the back and car was real fast. I thought I had a shot at Tommy, but the panhard bracket and the car broke from a little earlier altercation with about seven, eight laps to go there. And, geez, I had the heat on him real good, but I had to take care not to blow a tire there right at the end because the back end of the car, the rear suspension was just moving underneath the car. Well, then you had your hands full with Richie Gallup. Well, that's right. You know, I... I slowed up to a pace where I could keep the car on the track, and, you know, right there at the end, I saw Richie in and I just stayed on the bottom, and tried to stay out of his way, and tried to come home second, you know, and we were lucky, you know. It's been a tough year, and this is just another deal that's happened to us, but, you know, we're lucky to come home second here today. Congratulations, and good luck in 1989. All right, thanks a lot.
2: Barney, we've got $100 to give away for the Have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award winner, and I'm going to cash the nomination out of the uh, SK modified ranks for Richie Gallup. He came on, had a, an unofficially a third-place finish. It was a super run for him.
1: Well, I think it, he certainly does deserve it here this afternoon. Not only did he run in the top five all afternoon, he was challenging everybody. Every time he got up there and could move up a spot, and it, it is a close but no cigar deal for him this afternoon but he comes home with a pretty good run so i'll make that unanimous uh, speaking
10: of richie Gallup, we've caught up with him richie good strong third place run
5: yeah the car really worked well we had a good pit stop today and uh, it's really nice to be here in martinsville first time i've been here and uh, i'm really impressed with the racetrack and the facility and i'm real glad to be here
10: I understand this is your first race at martinsville outstanding run yeah this is my first race here and uh, i'm really happy to be up here what are your plans for 1989? i race as many of these tour races as I can. Just, you know, sponsor, I need some money, you know, that sort of thing. Rich Gallup comes home third place this afternoon in the modified portion of the Winston 500 Classic.
2: Time for us before we check out the Bush Series starting lineup to give away $250 for the peak cool move of the race award for the Winston modified race. And let's start out there in turns three and four with Joe Moore.
8: Eli, I'm a cast my vote for Reggie Vajero. He did a great job of avoiding what could have been a real big pileup and certainly could have torn his car up when Mike Uenitsko hit the wall up here in turn number three. Did a good job keeping it out of the way, and as far as I'm concerned, that's the coolest move I saw.
2: Mike, how about you?
3: My vote goes to Jan Lady. I thought when they made their pit stop late in the race that it was not the way to go, was not the right strategy. Everybody said you got to stop early in order to be up front here at the finish, and uh, he proved it wrong. He waited until the second caution stop, came back out, ran hard, and well rewarded with a second-place finish.
9: Jim Phillips. I'm going to go along with Reggie uh, Ruggiero because of the accident over there, and it could have been a disastrous accident because it happened on the driver's side, and he, he came around and uh, finished the race without uh, a lot of damage to that race car. So I'm going to go along with Reggie.
2: Winston Kelly. I'm going to have to go along with
10: Mike Joy and vote for Jan Lady for exactly the same reason. I, too, thought that it was the wrong strategy from what we had heard from the other crew chiefs to stop as late as they did and then come back, keep a cool head throughout the race, come back with a good, strong second-place finish, and my vote to Jan Lady.
2: Well, I'm going to nominate uh, Reggie for the same move that uh, Joe Moore was talking about. Close quarters up there in turns three and four in that late race accident. Reggie was able to pull away, and uh, maybe some folks expect him to do it because of how long he's been around and how well he's done, but it was a good piece of driving.
1: Well, that's the kind of the move that I saw also from here from the tower, so I'll cast a nomination for Reggie also.
2: All right, so Reggie Ruggiero picks up $250 as the winner of the Peak Cool Move of the Race Award. He also picks up $250 more from the folks at Goodies Manufacturing as the winner of the Goodies Headache Award and Jan Lady wins $1,000 and the Miller Cup for leading the most laps here today for the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour. All right, cinch up those seatbelts. As soon as we come back, we shift gears to the Bush Grand National Series of NASCAR from the Martinsville Speedway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network.
3: This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.